The plan is by 2030, we get rid of all this. We don't have, we have zero plastic waste in Canada by 2030. That's the goal. That's the stated federal plan. Uh, and where we are right now, these are the baby steps. This is the starting line <laughs> where we are. And you, you, you've heard the fights about the single-use stuff from restaurants. Um, there's a big fight that I've seen raging online when it comes to, because now we have to sort our garbage, right? Eh, okay, fine. But they, they give you, or you can buy the quote-unquote plastic, but compostable plastic bags that you put in that stupid little green thing that lets the food rot on your counter. Um, some places won't allow that, even though they're compostable. So, I mean, hey, it's a process, and we're right at the beginning, and maybe this is going to smooth out, but we got to take a look at where we are, where we're going, and how we're going to work on this. And that's exactly what Emily Robinson is here to do with us and to help us out. She's a food education manager and academic advisor at the University of Guelph. Emily, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. As you can tell, there's a lot of people <laughs> that are having a hard time trying to figure out what's going on. We know where we want to go, and that's zero plastic waste in 2030. Now, the federal government mm -hmm. came up with a plan on how to get started. How did they figure out where to start? They, they identified key items that we need to get rid of right away, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So basically, the origins of this ban um, was what the government called a scientific assessment of plastic waste in Canada. So a lot of this was looking at um, three different categories. They were trying to identify, A, what's the most prevalent plastics in the environment, um, as well as the hardest to recycle um, and ones that have readily available alternatives. So this was kind of the intention behind how they came up with these six plastic items that are a part of the initial phase of the ban. So those six items right now are plastic bags, stir sticks, ring carriers, straws, cutlery, and food service wares. So obviously that's a lot of different types of materials and items, um, especially that we tend to encounter in our day to day. And it really, really affects the restaurant industry because all six of those items happen to be in the yeah. restaurant industry. That, you make such a good point, and it's an important point because really, like you say, almost all of this falls directly on food service industry mm -hmm. in our country. I mean, they're the ones that are really having to bear the brunt of this, right? Definitely, yeah. And um, I heard you talking earlier, there's definitely been a lot of pushback from organizations like Restaurants Canada. And just with the with the intention really of trying to make sure that restaurants have the right tools to prepare for this because um, I mean I've worked in lots of restaurants I'm sure lots of people have at different points in their lives and you understand it's a super busy environment um, it's a super uh, you know kind of um, low profit margins right we're trying to save costs wherever we can in restaurants and it's really difficult to kind of throw this sort of thing at them without the right resources to understand what the correct things, uh, you know, the correct way to get away from, from that dependency on plastics. Um, so it's been really tough to try to kind of put that on a restaurant yeah. operator who might not be educated in the right ways to try to adapt. And, and and you can see some of them struggling to try and figure it out because, like you say, it, you've got to find an alternative. That That's what you need to come up with is you still need to provide uh, some of these items, but you just can't use the item that you've always used. So d are we helping them? Uh, are there alternatives available for some of these things or are we going too fast? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I, I think, um, like I said, part of that scientific assessment was factoring in that these things do have readily available alternatives, right? That was kind of the intention. Yeah. They're trying to factor in that we're getting rid of things that have alternatives. 
But having said that, there's so much kind of confusion, mislabeling, mishandling of these alternative products that when I kind of look at the way this ban's being treated so far, uh, granted we're still in the early stages, I fear that, you know, five, ten years from now, we're going to have another ban on things like biodegradable products because there's just so much misinformation on what actually is a sustainable alternative um, based on the different uh, kinds of materials, based on different waste management systems, which can differ between neighboring municipalities. Um, So it's really hard to actually know that that alternative material is actually going to be better for the environment in the long run. Um, So that's been a big challenge, I think, for operators, too, is trying to navigate this kind of gray area of what's actually the better choice. You make such a good point in terms of what works in one place but not in the other because I know there's some people, and I was surprised by this because you've, you've seen them, the little compostable bin liner bags mm-hmm. that you can buy. Well, some places say, no, that that's a plastic. You can't use that, but we're, they're yeah. sold as compostable. So, I mean, it's just more confusion. Definitely, and, and that's, that's really the challenge here is I think there's a lot of... Um, Uh, you know, there's a lot of emphasis put on consumers kind of self-educating and self-regulating how to pick the right products, how to dispose of the right products and just kind of, you know, wishful recycling or wishful composting and hoping that things are going to end up in the right place. Um, And I think what this really leads to is we need to focus a lot of this transition on more circular practices. So on ways to kind of stop the waste in the first place, Um, because a lot of what we're doing right now is swapping one single use item for another single use item as kind of a, a quick fix. Uh, But what we really need to be kind of asking the government for and and hoping for is that we get more um, reuse kind of into the system and finding ways that we can, um, you know, advocate for those larger corporations to to try to incorporate reuse into their own systems, too. As we move, and like we said, ultimately we want to get to zero plastic by 2030, and we've got the six items that we're talking about right now, um, are... Are we using this as a learning opportunity? Because, I mean, uh, mean, fair enough, you want to have a little bit of patience and say, okay, this is brand new, it's a process, it's going to have some bumps in the road. Um, But are Mm -hmm. we sort of monitoring, is is that work being done to say, okay, listen, this this didn't work, let's come up with a better plan? That's a great question. Um, And... From my, you know, I I don't work for the government, so from my interpretation as a researcher and from what I I have talked to people about, about how this ban is panning out, is the intention with these staged approaches to it, right, we're only in the first stage right now, um, is that we're trying to kind of give people some time to adapt and to try out things that work and try out things that don't. So the whole kind of phased approach to it is with the intention of giving people a little bit of time to warm up to the idea, to find ways to pivot their supply chains, Um, But in terms of how we're monitoring success of this program, that's what I don't have a lot of information on. And I'd be curious to know um, as well from a government perspective how we're trying to deem what that success rate is of achieving this goal of zero plastic waste. Because um, at the moment, too, yes, you know, addressing these six items is a great step forward. But um, there's a lot of other types of (laughs) single-use plastics, right? Like there's, you know, go walk on a beach. There's tons of other things that we're not uh, focusing on. I mean, water bottles, right? Like there's so many other common things that aren't being addressed in this ban. It makes me wonder kind of, you know, 2030 is not very far away. No, it's not. (laughs) It's really close, actually. You're right. That's what I was thinking. That's only six years away. 
Yeah, and so it's, you know, if we're doing a, a gentle phased approach with these with six items of how many single-use plastic items, it's, it feels like a lofty goal, and I, and I wonder how we're trying to measure progress towards that. Yeah, uh, let's hope somebody is, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess we'll find out sooner rather yeah. than later. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me.